This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you ready? Yeah. I was born ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my name's uh, Nick Helm. And my name is Nathaniel Metcalf. And you're listening to Fubar Radio and our, uh, the midday slot. And <laughs> you're listening to Nick and Nat. Fubar Show Fan Club. Radio. Fan Radio. Club. Um, and uh, what's the first rule of fan club? <laughs> uh, t- tell your friends. Tell, t- your friends. tell your friends about fan club. Fan Second rule of fan club, please. please. Beloved of God, please, please tell, tell your friends. friends. Um, my name is Nick Helm, and this is. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I've got caught in a. And this is Food by Radio. <laughs> Fubar, what time is it? It's, it's mid. It's midnoon. Midday. midday. It's the middle of the day. And what does that mean? It means <laughs> Daddy's been up for an hour. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! Um, how are you feeling today, Nat? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of. I feel a bit tired. A bit tired. Yeah, bit tired coming in. You know, but I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm getting there. How long does it take to get in? It takes me. I would say it took me today. Not that long. Thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five minutes. That's not so bad. Not so bad. No, not so bad. No. How long does it take you to get in there? Uh, five. About five minutes. About five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, to get to the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes you 35 minutes door to door to get to the Starbucks. Yeah. It takes me about five minutes to get to the Starbucks. So, yeah. I mean, I could literally forget something at my house uh, six times. Yeah. And it would take the same <laughs> take the same as you. Yeah. Um, Is that what happens? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, f- uh, I always remember just before. Um, I mean, yeah, I've got my bank card on. We didn't go to NYSA today. We didn't. Today. I think was, we think we're not now. Cause, um, you, you didn't stop for it. I didn't stop. Did you, uh, want a, did you want something? Nicer? I would have gone in, and I feel a little bit unarmed and unprepared today because I haven't got my physical You haven't got a nicer, a nicer story. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think you're forgetting just how, how much that gets us through an episode, <laughs> talking about our journey here. But, it's true. We uh, did 45 minutes last week. <laughs> did we? About 45 minutes. Fucking hell. <laughs> and also we haven't got the uh, the boon of the, and I say boon in every sense of the word. The Michael Elphick TV show. Absolutely. Ages. Not yeah. just a, b- a boon. Yeah. As in, what's the definition of boon? Natalie. What's the definition of up. boon? What's the definition of the word boon? Because um, I'd hate to have been using it wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the boon. Um... I forget what I was initially saying. <laughs> is it radio? Is it not? Um, it is radio. We don't have the Christmas holidays to sort of. Um, we've been. Uh, I had a ter- I went to bed at uh, ten o'clock the other night. Oh yeah, that's the earliest I've been to bed since I was three. <laughs> um, now, How was it? Since uh, I remember in the olden days, we used to be able. To, we were, we were allowed to watch Quantum Leap and then straight to bed. You know, and even then it was just like, all right, you go to bed and then Sarah can watch Quantum Leap. And then I think I just wangled it so that I could actually just stay up an extra hour, even though that I was really meant to be in bed by nine. But what year would Quantum Leap be? 1991-ish? Uh, I reckon it was, uh, yeah, late... So you're about nine. I was about nine or ten. Late late 80s, like very late 80s, but I would say it was probably 1991. Yeah. Good show. It was a good show. I remember going away on holiday 
and that being the one show that I sort of demanded was taped for me when I was uh, going on holiday that I'd be missed. So I had to set a timer for Quantum Leap. Hello, Natalie. What's Natalie is ducking down, so why? So I don't they, know why she's ducking down, because so they, they can't see they her. They can't see her. Uh, boon, a thing that is helpful or beneficial, yeah? A favour or request. Can I have a boon off you? Uh, a thing that is helpful or beneficial or a favour? A favour or a request. All right. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, what would you like? Oh, I, I just wanted to use it in a sentence, really, but... Um, hmm. Well, we use it in sentence before, but I can't remember what it was. What was the context of it? A I don't ago? know. We're both a bit tired. We need to do something about this, Nat. Because I've I got d- a tea. I'm, I'm waking myself up. Okay, right. Okay, cool. Because this is a very relaxed start. So it is. Uh, let's just uh, let's 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 uh, let's start as uh, as we need to go on. Nick and Nat's fan club on Fubar Radio. Hey, how you doing, Nat? I'm I'm doing great. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. I was born ready. Um, Good, right. Uh, What have you been? um, When you're listening to Nick and Nat's fan club, uh, rule number one, we've done all that. Um, Okay, but we're going to be a lot more uh, energised. Slick. uh, Slick as... uh, What's that, Nick? I just fell off my chair. I guess I was too slick. Um, Yes. yes. And, uh, right, okay, so uh, we've had a lot of uh, reviews. I don't want to start with reviews, but I'm just going to let you know back at... at, um, We're still not up to 100, I don't think. Uh, We've got 94 ratings we've got 92 five-star reviews and two four-star reviews but i don't think that's true i think we've got 99 reviews and i think we've got 97 five-star reviews and two four-star reviews now we've had a couple of uh, fucking uh, jokers that have written in saying uh five-star start and four-star finish what does that right? mean well, it means that they say for a long time now i have been a fan of nick and nat's fan club oh hang on we're not playing the fucking right and I'm absolutely fucking livid with this one, right? Because it's the ultimate in uh, he gives with one hand, he takes away with the other. I'm talking about God. It's the ultimate God, <laughs> which I'm now going to use as a... It's not quite the boon I was expecting <laughs> yes. this morning. Right. Um, for a long time now, I've been a fan of Nick and Nat's fan club. I guess we're going straight into the... Fuck it. So well, it's only appropriate to start every issue of Fan Club with some fan mail. Sure. And as I've stressed in the past, as both Nathaniel and I have stressed in the past, um, sorry, I've been listening to a lot of Nigel Farage <laughs> in, an, in Ubers uh, recently. <laughs> but as, um, as we've both stressed ourselves in the past, that... Um, <laughs> It is not our fan club. No. It is, uh, it's about being a fan of something, but it's not a fan of Nick and Matt's. There has been a sort of side effect that some people have, are, have become fans. Like Brundlefly. Exactly. An awful, <laughs> an awful side effect of exactly. running our own uh, uh, genetic splicer <laughs> of a show, which is fan club, has been that a fly has got in the ointment and that ointment uh, is uh, a, 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 a DNA accelerator, which is it's a transporter. It is. Do you like the film The Fly? Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, really? No, of course I've seen it. I've seen it loads. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love The Fly. I like The Fly. It's, it's one of the most disgusting films yeah, I've really ever is. seen. 
Uh, like, but it's really genuinely disgusting. Like all, like all of the bits of the body stuff is disgusting. Him just being, you know, was he eating a Twinkie or a donut, isn't it? And then yeah. he's sick on it, sick on it, and eats it again. And then he's pulling again. his own fingernails off. Oh, it's fat. He's got his uh, his penis is in his uh, medicine cabinet. I think it's, that's that's an Easter egg, though. I was going to say that's in the that. old days of Easter eggs. You don't. There's not a big close up of it. But was in a see, kinder surprise. You see, uh, you see his dick in a jar, just sort of like in his oh, medicine dear. cabinet. Um, uh, yeah, Gina Davis was obviously a bit too rough with him. <laughs> that's what. Uh, that's fan club. <laughs> and the bit I like in that is the bit where they've got a steak, and he puts a steak through, and he gets. Yeah, we've gone off, haven't we? We've gone off topic. Yeah, um, thank God, really. I didn't. I was just felt like I've got nothing to talk about this week, and then so we've gone straight into the fucking four star, fucking five star, fucking. Um, yeah, it was the steak. There's a bit where he gets a steak and he puts a steak through the the transporter machine. Mm. He it's Gina Davis goes, "What do you think of that?" He cooks the, he, cooks, he, cooks, both he steaks, cooks both steaks and she eats one of the steaks yeah. and she eats the other steaks. Yeah. And the first steak that she eats, I mean, it just makes you want to eat a steak. Yeah. She goes, "Oh yeah, it was really nice." Yeah, really. Good. And then he goes, "The second steak that's been through the transporter machine." He goes, "What was that like?" She says, oh, it tastes like really synthetic. Mm. And he goes, right, right. And in that bit, he's very Jeff Goldblum-y, and he starts typing something into a computer. And I always think what he's typing in can only be the word synthetic. <laughs> and it's like, what's that making the, the machine do differently? So he's like going, yeah, and how else did it taste? And he's typing something as if like, but you go, but you can't actually be doing anything with that. That information that Gina Davis has given you. <coughs> it's almost always gone, or he's typed in, make it less synthetic. Enter. But that's also, um, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, why have you let her eat it? Yes, <laughs> it could be anything. Because that could give her any sorts of things <laughs> long term. Yeah. I mean, people are still, you know, um, uh, all up in the air about the long term effects of microwaves. Sure. Microwaves. And um, mobile phones. Mobile phones. So imagine eating, imagine eating a uh, steak that had been cooked by a mobile phone. Uh, yeah, so let's just say you've been to the shops. Uh, they say, uh, do you want any plastic bags? And you go, oh, I don't need any plastic bags, thanks. I, I, I bought my own. And then you realise that you haven't. The you worst. normally do, but you haven't bought your own plastic bags. My worst one is when I've bought too much shopping and I've brought my own and then I've sort of got to try and carry the rest of it in one hand. And I've got one bag that I've brought and go, no, nah, I'm all right. And you start loading your shopping into your one bag. And then you realise you've still got all this other stuff that won't fit in the bag. But then I don't ever go, actually, can I have a bag? Because it also feels like they think it's because you're trying to get off paying 5p. But it feels like you're going... No, you're no, trying I mean, to save the planet. Yeah, I'm sort of going... And then you're sort of trying to like carry stuff in your, in your, in your sort of elbowed arm I'm and like, go, thank you, that's what I wanted. I'm like that with baskets. I'm just like, I get to the shop and I'm just like, basket, and I need a basket. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, only yeah, getting yeah. one thing, and yeah. by the end of it, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm juggling like a, like a performer in a circus top. And uh, so let's just say that your overflow is a steak. Mm. And you pop it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to save face, there's the, the woman or the man behind the counter, and they say, Are you sure you don't want a bag for that, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you know, judging you. And you go, no, I'll be fine, thank you. It's only a steak. And so you, put the, you pop the steak in your pocket, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you walk home. It's a hot summer's day, granted. Yeah. 
and you get back and you undo all your packaging, uh, all of all of your shopping, and you put it all away, and then you forget that you've had a steak in your in your pocket, uh, and uh, uh, your phone goes, it's on vibrate, and you put your hand in your pocket to get your phone, and you pull it out, and the steak is sort of like on the phone, oh yeah, and uh, and it's cooked, it's cooked all the way through, yeah, right, through That's a combination of sun heat leg sweat and phone radiation yeah and you get and but luckily gina davis is coming over for dinner <laughs> and uh she comes over she goes she's a bit early and she goes well what am i gonna feed her so you sit down and you go try this steak and she's probably said oh am i too early and you've gone no 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 not at all no right on time it's just what have we got to <laughs> eat and you look around the kitchen, all you've got is a sort of steak that's been cooked by the sun. Legs uh, leg sweat. Broiled, broiled in broiled leg sweat. sweat. And, <laughs> and radiation from a vibrating mobile phone. Uh, Gina doesn't care. She's, she's just been to the gym and no. she is starving. She loves a all steak. We've wants, seen it on the fly. She loves she, it. All she, all she wants she loves a steak. is just some meat. She loves meat. Um, and so she... she, uh, she Gobbles it up, yeah. <laughs> and it, only then uh, does she realise that it's, it's very synthetic. synthetic. She goes, "How did you cook this?" And you say, "Just on my phone." Just on my phone. It's just in my pocket. And I said, "How's it taste?" And she says, "Like, like it's sort of synthetic." And then I start typing in, and my she says, "What are you typing?" No, I just wrote synthetic <laughs> on in my laptop, and I've pressed enter. It's on a word document. Uh, Years later, yeah, the effects, the effects of the of that, of that disease-riddled <laughs> steak, yeah, directly lead to the production of Cutthroat Island, and uh, that's probably how that's probably how these things happen. It is. I think that that's how it came to be. I think I heard a podcast about it. <laughs> Nick's just done some drank some tea. <laughs> Sorry. He's trying not to spit out some herbal tea. I like the fact that you could see that I was drinking tea. I was laughing. I was going to spit my tea everywhere. I didn't spit my tea everywhere. And then you just watched in silence Why for, just, for a good three because, seconds. Because it's like, it's because you're watching it. Because deep down, that is what you want to happen, isn't it? You always want to see someone spit. A spit take is still one of the funniest things you can ever see, right? Uh, yeah. I still think there's very few things funnier. Sure. A really good one. Oh, yeah. Um, or sometimes a really bad one. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I have seen The Fly. Have you seen... Um, why did we start talking about The Fly? Because it was in... We're halfway through this um, review, Have you we? seen The Fly 2 with uh, Eric Stoltz in it? Uh, I think I have, but I can't remember a lot about it. Yeah. It's... Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. I do really like it. Um, but it, that, uh, if anything, is more disgusting than the original. Oh, well, that's sort of good. But he turns into sort of like a superhero. Oh. Where he's sort of like doing stuff, where he's the good guy. Okay. But um, I guess it was at the height of Eric Stoltz's career. Such as it was. So, what, just after he got fired from Back to the Future, and uh, just before uh, he applied a ton of uh, latex on his face <laughs> to, to d- star in the Oscar uh, winning oh, movie yeah. Mask. Mask, not, not to be confused with The Mask. 
the Jim Carrey. Or the cartoon series M- 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 Mask. <laughs> Mask Crusaders. Um, so, um, so, for a long time now, I've been a fan of Nick and Nat's fan club. So much so, I've even told my friends. That's what you're supposed to do. I really enjoy your two-hour pop culture laugh fest. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like a strong start, but oh. a rushed finish. What? Keep up the good work, though. Well, I mean, we've literally done an extra hour to combat this. I mean, what what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, it's still five stars. Don't Tell you what, that is not a five-star review. No. That is an awful, horrible review, right? That is, that is, I'm going to build you up and I'm just going to take it away at the last mm. minute, right? And, um, and I'm, uh, I, I would rather not have a review than have some filth like that mm. blocking up my eyes and my ears mm. and my mouth. So now we've got five-star reviews that even don't even appear to be five-star reviews. It's, it read like a three. It did. Um, I was good at the start, but then sort of tailed off. That's like... Um, you know, that's like that wouldn't be a five-star film, would it? If you're watching that, oh, I really like it's, it's at the start. I was enjoying it, and then at the end, I sort of got a bit bored, like um, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master or something, <laughs> or Omen Three. Yeah, oh, is that? I, I watched Omen Three last night. It starts very strong, and then it, is Omen it, Three uh, the one with Sam uh, Neil? Yeah, I watched all the Omens. Omen One. Yeah, Damien Omen. Awesome. The first Omen. Oh, I love the Omen. Richard Donner. What a cast. It's like fucking proper good, right? I don't know why I watched them. Why did I watch them? Because they were all... I think I downloaded them all for Halloween and hadn't seen all of them. And I was just like, right, I'll just remind myself what the Omen's like. So I watched the Omen. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Film, Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And I do believe I've seen a bit of the Omen 2 at one point. I remember him uh, in a military academy trying to look for uh, 666s in his airline. Yes. Uh, so I will watch The Omen 2. Fucking hell, what a terrible, awful film. Just absolutely... Oh, it's, it's, it's boring. Rubbish. I think I've only ever seen bits of The Omen 2. But, it was... the, but The Omen 2, what's interesting about that is that whenever there's a death coming up, they kind of signpost it, and then there's a whole sequence that's kind of like based around the fact that, oh, there's a guy getting on a lift, and hang on a minute, the, you know, and then there's a big close-up of Damien's eyes and he's going to do something. And it's kind of like, it's like basically a Final Destination sequence. And then when you think about Final Destination, you go, oh, actually, that's genius. Because the omen is about the, the son of, it's the Antichrist, about the Antichrist. So it's about the son of the devil. And he gets born. And there's all of this plot about these, like, seven daggers. And oh, he can control Rottweilers. And uh, he gets adopted by a family. And then it goes on. And, and you go, right, yeah. But with Final Destination, they've just gone, no, no, no. It's just going to be a series of kids getting killed. Yeah. And that's it. And it will go from bit to bit to bit. And who's doing it? Well, it's uh, death. Death is like a thing. Uh, we don't need to see but him. We don't see him. And it's just like, uh, and then it will just be loads of sequences of, uh, of kids getting, you know, decapitated and stuff like that. And you go, brilliant. Right. That's what all it is. And it, yeah, because it does have a thing where it gets, everything gets to be accidental. So you get like, because there's an idea that death is responsible for it. Anything that in another film would be a bit, that's a bit coincidence, isn't it? That that happened to be happening at exactly the same time. It almost just makes it like that is on purpose. I think that does happen in some of the sequels. Oh, does it? Yeah. I haven't seen all the Final Destinations, but they're like the Saw films in a way, where I don't know which ones I've seen and which ones I haven't. Mm. Um, I've seen, I think I've seen the one with the roller coaster, and I think I've seen the one with the bridge, 
and I think I've seen I've definitely seen the the first one with the plane. I saw that at the cinema, uh, and that was because that had Sean William Scott in. So it felt like it was about the same time as like American Pie and all of that. So it felt like it was kind of like one of them teen comedies. Yeah. So I guess that's before he sort of established himself as being like a sort of actor primarily for comedies when it he's was just exa- in anything. But it was exactly that point. It was like I probably it was probably in between American Pie and Road Trip, and then um, yeah, uh, Final Destination. I don't know which ones I've seen, and the Saw films. I don't. I couldn't tell you which ones I've seen. But the Omen films, I can tell you exactly which ones I've seen. You've seen one. I've seen two, two, and I've seen three. I haven't okay. seen four, which was his direct-to-TV remake. When was four? 1991. Oh, I don't know if I know four at all, then. Yeah. Because by, um, by three, he's a grown-up, right? He's Sam Neill. By uh, four, is a girl. But basically, three doesn't go the way that you think. I mean, is this going to be... Isn't it bringing about the apocalypse? He is, like, trying to... Three is just really confusing and convoluted. It's quite a straightforward plot where uh, Sam Neill... Um, what? The original writer basically said that he didn't want to do the sequel. So so the original writer of The Omen was kind of like, I'm not going to do a sequel. Then they made a sequel, and then the writer said years later, if I was going to do a sequel, I would have ended it like... I would, I would have started it like this. And then you go, yeah, that's much better. Because they kind of... They don't, re, they don't reset it, really, but... Um, but the, basically, the first one, uh, Gregory Peck is the ambassador mm-hmm. of uh, the American ambassador in living in London, and it's kind of like one of those American wealth in London things where you get like a really good sort of um, depiction of what London was like at that time. Yes, yeah, you know, and um, and it's really cool because you're looking at it, you're going, "Oh, that's the South Bank." Oh, um, uh, but it doesn't look anything like that. Look at all the trees on the South Bank. And it hasn't been, it hasn't been, you know, what you call it, um, uh, you know, industrialised, renovated. What Bob Hoskins and Barry Norman were walking along yes. looking at. <laughs> uh, look at that, it's a giant Mars bar. Yeah. Look at that, it's got a Mars bar over there. Um, and he <laughs> don't really does, know what he's referring what to. What does that mean? Yeah. I think he just means like an office block, but they don't really look like Mars bars. And also Mars bars are good. Yeah, that's true. I love them. And it's like, he's like going... Mars bar. There's a, there's a video online of um, Barry Norman, yeah. uh, who's quite posh, uh, yeah. who's basically getting down and dirty with... Uh, Bob Hoskins. With acting player Bob Hoskins. And Bob... It's basically about redevelopment. Isn't it? He's done a film about... He did Long Good Friday, which is about redevelopment of the Docklands, really, not really the South Bank. So they then take uh, Bob Hoskins to... The, uh, I mean, that makes it sound like a much more boring film than it is. Um, <laughs> it, is it is quite boring. Long Good Friday. Oh, oh no, I meant the uh, Barry Norman thing. Oh, I find that. I love that. Oh, I yeah. could watch that all day. Sure. That thing that you fucking posted the other day. <laughs> fucking. What was that? It's fucking uh, Jim Davidson. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is incredible. It is incredible. Jim Davidson singing Hello, Is It Me You're Looking For? Uh, all like made up like Liberace yeah. coming down the staircase not for laughs it doesn't feel like and he's doing like, it to uh, John Malkovich who's wearing eyeshadow and blusher and it was just like going, what I, I saw it and didn't think it was a real I thought it was one of those things where someone's edited like three Spice, different films together, yeah, 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 and you go, it together and it's made it look like he's singing by like putting like certain words he said over the top of no it's his voice yeah but is him yeah he's he, singing because he, he can is sing, just singing can't he? he's an all round he entertainer of course he can uh, he can sing uh, he can dance and he can upset half a nation. Uh, he's, <laughs> Jim uh, Davidson used he, to have a show on uh, ITV, uh, like it was a stand-up show, like a half-hour stand-up show every week. 
much like Stuart Lee's. <laughs> They're different. But like it was, it was that format was just, just stand up for half an hour was, every week. It was like Billy, it didn't, on the BBC, it did a Billy Connolly style, style uh, travel oh, yeah. show where he travelled around the country and he did like a different gig every week. It's a different time, wasn't it? It wasn't even that late. It was after. It was way after Generation came. Oh, it wow. was in the two thousands. Wow! It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. This was. This was. I reckon early to mid nineties. He had a stand-up show on ITV, and the last episode of that series ends with him singing quite earnest song, but like it is that thing where it's like it, I do also want to be a singer, where he'd just do like an earnest song that you know to end the show. Sure, but Lee Evans did that. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's very much of the the new school. I think it all depends on who you are, and also who doesn't want to be a singer. It's true. Yeah, and if you can sing, sing. Mm. It's like what Steve Martin says: just do everything in your arsenal, and do everything in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin there. Steve, Steve Martin, Martin there. <laughs> don't quote that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, not, don't take my word for it. Take the star of the Pink Panther two. Um, so uh, you sing? Do I sing? You sing on stage? I do sing. It's part of your arsehole. That's why I found. That's part of my arsehole. Um, it's why. It's, it's uh, that's why I took particular offences. So that's like leave leave Jim Davidson alone. Eh? He's allowed to sing. Okay. Right? He's allowed yeah. to sing. That's what everyone likes. Uh, well, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> he does it anyway. <laughs> but that that clip that you showed was uh, was yeah, kind of like it's worth it's worth looking up. It's um, I think it's from a film called Color Me Kubrick. They said, but it's it was on uh, what? It's from a film. It's from a film that's about. Do you know there was that guy who used to pretend to be Stanley Kubrick? I think it's that story, but I don't know how they managed to turn it into a film that that's Jim Davidson's in. Because Stanley Kubrick was kind of like. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm losing my words today. Well, I was going to say. I was going to say he was a bit of a hermit, but I didn't yeah. want to say hermit. A recluse. A recluse. And that's what it was. And like before now, if you said Stanley Kubrick, everyone would be like, or if you're a sort of a film fan, you'd go, yeah, I can picture Stanley Kubrick in my head right now. Salmon Rushdie. Yeah, exactly what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah, you've got the image in your head. Salmon Rushdie. Salmon Rushdie, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, but like at that time, in the sort of 90s, and I guess it would have been, he wouldn't have made a film for. You know, in between uh, Full Metal Jacket and Eyes Wide Shut, he didn't make a film in 12 years. And I think there was a period then where people really didn't know what Stanley Kubrick looked like. And it was, he was quite reclusive, and you'd have, like, no idea what he looked like. And there was a guy who used to go around London uh, pretending to be Stanley Kubrick. And also, with an English accent, because that was the other thing, that it was almost like people had forgotten he wasn't English. They made a TV documentary about him, I reckon good sort of 20 years ago and it was a thing where they were following him around and he would turn up at places like the Groucho Club and go uh, hi uh, um, I'm not a member but some of my friends are and they go oh yeah and he said uh, and he'd go oh my name's uh, Mr Kubrick and they go oh is it Stanley and he'd be like that's correct and they go well of course you can come in and he was just a guy who lived his life impersonating Stanley Kubrick where did you say he went? Uh, Groucho Club and places <laughs> What, to hang out with? Yeah, to hang out with whoever was there that day. Um, yeah, so this is from the film Colour Me Kubrick with John Malkovich and Jim Davidson. Is Jim Davidson in it quite a lot then? I don't know, I've not seen it. I mean, there's a photo of them in the film. Um... My mate sent me the clip. Oh and my I... God, this film looks fascinating. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And then afterwards I was like, what is this from? And I go- And I remember that film coming out, but I never ever saw it. When did it come out? I think like a few years ago, not long ago, like four or five years ago. 
Yeah, but I mean, they both look... 2005? 2005? Okay, wow. wow. What, 14 years 14 ago? 14 years ago. I was going to say, they both look quite, you know, like later on in their lives. Mm. But now imagine... <laughs> Let's add 14 years onto that. Colour me Kubrick. Um, Peter Bowles is also in it. Thank you. Who's Peter Bowles? He's the guy from... Um, uh, oh, what's it called? To the Manor Born moustache oh yeah right okay sure oh yeah yeah i know there we go go. he's a cad and a bounder in uh he's your number one british cad sure okay um how have we got onto this? We keep going off on tangents, don't we? Uh, like we do every week. <laughs> uh, we were talking about um oh god what were we talking about was it what Reviews? Oh, no, we weren't. We were talking about Bob Hoskins and Barry That's Norman right. walking along the <laughs> South Bank. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, and it's kind of like there's this class divide between Barry Norman, yes. who's kind of... Um, uh, Barry Norman and uh, Bob Hoskins. And Barry Norman uh, wants to be liked by Bob Hoskins so much. Yeah, and I think Bob Hoskins is... Well, I guess that's the sort of the new... Uh, Bob Hoskins almost represents like a new turning point for actors where they're not anymore being they don't have to be sort of rather trained doing mm. RP he's a sort of new generation of uh, like working class people who will keep their own accents they're not going to pretend to be posh to do Shakespeare they're going to be mm. and I think there's probably and I guess he at that will time, pretend to be posh to be a, a butler in Made in Manhattan though won't he <laughs> 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 yeah. I like Bob Hoskins. Oh, I think he's great. I, 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 when I referred to him as a pleb earlier, I was referring to mm. him as the way that it comes across. Just, my thing, my favourite Bob Hoskins. It's Hos- sort of like a, and now I'm joined on the South Bank by working class actor Bob Hoskins. Not Robert Hoskins. Bob. <laughs> His name is Bob. Um, he seems to have an addiction to chocolate as well. So uh, let's hope he keeps that under wraps. <laughs> Look at that It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon where he just sees buildings and then makes sort of mirage into a Mars bars. <laughs> so he loves Mars bars so much. Um, <laughs> Bob Hoskins was meant to be in The Untouchables. You know this story, don't you? He was Hang met- on a minute. Jim Davidson met Alan Conway, who pretended to be Stanley Kubrick. He even bought him dinner at a hotel in Devon and was impressed that it took lots of takes to get the opening scene of Full Metal Jacket right. Oh, wow. So he met him as Stanley Kubrick, as if... So then. So this is Jim Davidson's story. In real right? life. And they went, well, I'll do the film about him, because I've met him. He doesn't talk like that. Jim Davidson. Oh, is that what he looked like? I suppose, yeah, that's right, not bad. Cause, I mean, you can't hear it, but it's basically... Uh, we've got a picture of the real guy that pretended to be the real Stanley Kubrick, and for all intents and purposes, it looks a little bit like um, John Malkovich next to Salman Rushdie, if you can imagine <laughs> such a thing. Um, so, can we get a picture of Salman Rushdie up? Next to Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. I can see it. There's definitely a resemblance. Oh, what do you mean there's a resemblance? I don't... You think they're the same person? Yeah. You think Salman Rushdie should pretend to be Stanley Kubrick to get into the Groucho Club? <laughs> if he wants to get in the Groucho Club. He should pretend to be Stanley Kubrick. Well, he had like a death threat on him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. A fatwa on him. There you go. Oh, yeah, there we go. You go uh, oh, no, very much so, actually. No, no, very no. Very much so. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the director of Full Metal Jacket. I didn't... 
Do you mean if someone went to kill uh, uh, to kill Salman Rushdie, yeah. he'd pretend to be uh, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick and vice versa? Yeah. He'd go, no, mate, that's Salman Rushdie <laughs> over there. Um, <laughs> that'd be a good film. Get John Malkovich in that. Well, apparently that's what The Shining's about. <laughs> See, one of the many readings of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that... Is that... <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, anyway, um, uh, it's, it's half past. I'm going to play a song, and then uh, we've got loads to do today. Um, thanks for listening. It's much too late. Yeah, no. So Tom Jones was on first, and then Ollie Mers was on after. Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. Nick and Nat's fan club on Fubar Radio. It's much too late on Fubar Radio. The V Festival. Was it V Festival? That's bonkers, isn't it? I suppose. I, I, suppose. Just felt, I, I was like, this is the closest thing we've got to a living Elvis. It's Tom Jones. And, uh, it was Tom Jones and competition runner-up. <laughs> Ollie Mers. Ollie Mers. Ollie Mers is obviously a much bigger star than <clears throat> I think he is. Yeah. I saw an Ollie Mers video, and in the video, like, pranking about, was Rowan Atkinson and Snoop Dogg. And you go, what, an Ollie Mers video? You think both those people are much more famous than Ollie Mers, right? No. That they could be in... Oh, no. What? No. Ollie Mers is more famous than Snoop Dogg. Is he? Yeah. And Rowan Atkinson. What a world. What a world. Uh, uh, Ollie Mers... Um, <laughs> th- well, no, because uh, they were just... Uh, I, c- I can't remember what part of the country Ollie Mers is from, but they're basically going to put him on the £20 note. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I don't know anything about Ollie Mers. No, I just I know that he came second in a competition, and yeah. uh, and then he was headlining this festival. And you go, okay, he's, he's on. Tom Jones was on just yeah. before him. I just like, thought he was like you know, X Factor runner up or something. Tom Jones was good. Uh, what did he do? Did he do your favourite one about the puppets? Uh, he didn't do Young New Mexican Puppeteer, which I just, I just. Well, then he got some string and he got some wood. If we can get that. We got the. Can we uh, get the young New Mexican puppeteer. That's a good song. By Tom Jones. It's a really good song. Really good song. Well, then he got some string and he got some wood. He did some carving and he it was good. Game <laughs> running so they could hear the young New Mexican puppeteer. He, he <laughs> that's did, actually a really good version. He did. Uh, he did. I think that's better than his. He did um, uh, kiss, but he changed. To, he's obviously very religious now. And so he goes, Kiss, I think I better dance now. And he didn't do that. He went, Kiss, I think I better pray now. No. Yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> Kiss was like his 80s comeback, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was like his sort of uh, for a new generation. Yeah, Tom but Jones. I've got like, I've got this, um, I've got this CD box set, which has got so many discs of him doing like a Las Vegas concert. Tina Turner turns up. Must have been like all of his Vegas years, basically. Mm. And it's um, and all of like the music is very kind of like uh, done on keyboards and right, stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. No production on uh, it. Or, or it's just, it sounds very cheesy. And also it's kind of like classic. Uh, the, I, obviously Tom Jones now is an elder statesman of uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, I mean, you don't, 
a lot of you kids that are listening to our show, uh, and we know that our demographic is mainly... 16 to 18 year olds. 16 to 18 year olds. Uh, but you only know Tom Jones as the white-haired uh, wizard from Wales. Yes. Uh, but um, but uh, like not that long ago, he would yeah. d- uh, dye his hair black and he would... Uh, That's dye course, his, yes. Yeah. Dye his beard black. And it was very obviously... It was kind of like a really... It, was, it would just be like a sort of... It was almost like a sort of boot polish kind of thing wouldn't yeah, it? it'd it be was, quite a his, be unnaturally black his beard particularly was very yeah. kind of like uh, almost offensive mm. uh, and then uh, it looked the, like it had been sharpied on yeah it was kind of yeah it was crazy uh, but uh, so that was like the the mid mid stage tom jones i think mm-hmm. yeah really kind of there we go oh my god uh, and then uh, but then the, the the tom jones i grew up uh, knowing was uh, he basically had um david hasselhoff afro Yes, uh, and um, a, mid- a white shirt unbuttoned to the yes, navel. Yes, yes, and gold medallions. Yes, certainly. And he was kind of like it was like. The- and he was not young then. Oh wow! Oh my go. god! There we go. <laughs> Fucking hell! Um, Natalie's been posting sexy pictures of Tom Jones in sexy, uh, uh, like trunks he's wearing, swimming trunks. With uh, again, he's got swimming trunks on, but he's also got a, a very large crucifix. Very large crucifix, which would probably be tough when you're going for a swim. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd keep that in his locker. Put it in the locker first. My friend told me a story, but uh, it, I, it, it's probably it's probably not true. But what are the rules about telling <laughs> a story? Can you let us just tell a story? That my friend said that he he, he he was a session musician with Tom Jones, and he got he, he told this story, but it's probably probably. Libelous. Libelous. Yeah. Nah, uh, maybe but not. I won't do it. Oh. Okay. But it's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he also gigged with another musician called uh, John Tomes. And, uh, oh, yeah. And <laughs> he was also from Wales. <laughs> Can I tell that story? John Tomes. No, I can't. Right. Okay, right. Well. Um, he's a little bit like a skinny Lou Rigno. Yes, he does look a bit like. He's in good shape in, in that era. Yeah, and he does like to get his pants a lot. He does. They? They're very hell. small. Tiny pants. Very small pants. Um, uh, thanks for noticing, boys. <laughs> there he is, popped in. Uh, thanks. How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> not so bad, not so bad. Oggy, oggy, oggy. Oi, oi, oi. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, oh fuck so um, so that's what Tom Jones was and then uh, like overnight he just was sort of like do you know what I'm going to go grey yeah he just went and you it go, was almost it, oh my god you look so much better you just look incredible now yeah he just sort of went it just I mean because it's, it's more truthful isn't it it's like people wearing wigs or something isn't it you go what you got a wig on for everyone knows it's a wig well there's photos of John Travolta on the internet without his hairpiece and he just got like a receding hairline. He just looks like a. He just a looks like a normal of guy age. of his age that's kind of like got a slight. Yeah, uh, you know, it is a receding hairline, and he just he wants to be young forever. But you go, you're not going to be young forever by stapling a squirrel <laughs> onto your head, are you? <laughs> did you, you know? ever see that video of him that he did recently with, again with Olivia Newton-John? Oh my God, that Christmas looks, video. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it is just, it's absolutely just jaw-dropping because you just think, you must have had a higher production value than that. Yes. It's John Travolta for a start. Why wouldn't you, he, basically John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John did a Christmas album together and they did a video that came out and the video was just sort of like, it was, it was, ju- it was like... It was John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John uh, in like um, 
they're on a plane or they're meeting at an airport or they're driving along a country road together and then John Travolta is kind of like uh, meeting up with his family uh, although John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John are rekindling like an old romance from Greece. Yes. But then John Travolta's meeting Kelly Preston at the airport and then they all meet and they all like hug and they're back for Christmas. And then John Travolta gets in the sort of magic car from Greece with Olivia Newton-John and just drives off with her and Kelly Preston's at the airport. This is how I remember it. Kelly Preston's at the airport like waving off her husband as they... As they fly up <laughs> into the sky, but the production values are so low. It's just it's absolutely, it's absolutely bonkers. Absolutely, I was going to say bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. You just go, what, what was anyone? It's as bonkers as the Jim Davidson. Yeah, uh, bonkers. Thing. Bonkers is a good radio word, isn't it? It's a good. Uh, um, it's very Radio One, Radio Two. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> so I think we're on on track for being good. Yeah. Radio presenters and DJs. Sure. Um, going to do. Uh, just going to read this out. I told some friends, F. Murray Abraham. Brilliant. Oh, good uh, name. F. Murray Abraham was the Oscar-winning actor who appeared in Last Action Hero. <laughs> <laughs> just discovered your show and felt... Just discovered your show. Just discovered your show. I felt compelled to write a review. Felt compelled to write a review. Love the chemistry and film knowledge. My favourite parts of the show are when you go full nerd about a subject. I'm a fellow nerd. And when Nick screams at the producer, that amuses me. That amuses me. Love the guest list. But to be honest, would prefer a few less comedians and a few more film people. Sorry. Can you scream at the producer about this, please? Get James McAvoy on. I'd enjoy that. Cheers, chaps. Keep up the five-star show. Keep up the five-star show and never let it end. <laughs> never let it end. You get that James McAvoy me. on. Love the guest list, but to be honest, would prefer a few less comedians and a few more film people. Mm. Can you scream at producer about this, please? Get James McAvoy on. I'd enjoy that. Does F. Murray Abraham realise that we're comedians? <laughs> It suggests that he's like, there's always loads of comedians on. Why is that? We'd love to get more film people on. Uh, um, James McAvoy, get him on. We'd love to. Absolutely love to. Tom Jones, can you get him on? I, he's on, he's on now. What's this one? I am a fan of Hammer. Carpenter. <laughs> I don't listen to this on iTunes, but felt strangely compelled to give it the five-ish stars it so obviously deserves. I'm a fan of Hammer. I'm a fan of Screwdriver. I'm a fan of the whole toolbox. That's what I'd have said. Not the racist band Screwdriver, though. Uh, no. Neeser than the rest. If Levi Roots made this podcast, he might say, put some music in your ears. But that doesn't work. That would just mean literally listening, <laughs> listening to, to music. music. Yeah. So in retrospect, he wouldn't say that. I love this beautiful shambles and it genuinely give me more laughs than any other show. <laughs> I mean, uh, for the love of God. Please. For the love of God, please keep up the good word. Keep up the good work, lads. <laughs> My name's, my name's Tom Jones, and I have had one or two, one or two, what's going on? Nothing. Is he on the phone? I don't know, no, I was just thinking, no, 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 no. Okay, good, good. Is our guest on the phone? No. Okay, okay good. good. Five stars on me, boys. Five you stars have gone on me, from boys. 33 minutes in an episode one to one hour 47 in the current one. I think forgotten from when I pressed play. So many, many facts. facts. 
I'm gonna have, have to, to Google, Google it. it. <laughs> I mean, you haven't put the whole review on that one, Nat. I'm sorry, you've really. Back up for when you have no Buxton herrings left. I don't know. That, oh, solid effort. Solid effort. Back solid up when effort. You've got no Buxton herrings left. What? So uh, you're saying you only to this show when you've run out of Adam Buxton and Richard Herring? I'd like to, what I'd like to say is that uh, Richard Herring and Adam Buxton have gone out of their way to actually produce a podcast, whereas yeah. Nathaniel and Nick, as much as I love them boys, I mean, they don't have a podcast in them. They've got two hours of live radio a week, and God, I, I remember listening to it all the way <laughs> down in Cardiff Bay, thinking, I've got to get into that studio. And What are you a fan of, Tom? Tom? Yeah. Uh, what have I... <laughs> Um, Special guest, Tom Jones. What am I a fan of? Yeah, what are you a fan of this week? Um, uh, Improvise. Anal. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Tom. That was great. Tom's, thanks for coming in. Tom's been in. I've got to go, lads. Bye. Okay, see you later, Tom. <laughs> see you later, Have a good Tom. one. Uh, yeah, that was nice, that's nice Tom Jones. Tom Jones came on the way in here. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so, what are you saying? That we've got our guest on the. Oh, oh, okay. oh it's ready. Okay, right, good. Brilliant. Uh, well, then, uh, without further ado, uh, how do we do this? We've got to just put the fader up. And uh, Okay, right, so we're going to now talk to uh, Ryan Hutton. Ryan Hutton, are you there? Hello, yeah, I'm here. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you boys, you right? Not very bad, well, not bad. You, very well. uh, so Ryan Hutton, you're uh, an actor and you are currently in, uh, are you, has it started yet? You're rehearsing, aren't you? No, still rehearsing, so we open in about two weeks time, so yeah, we open on the 9th of Feb, so still rehearsing now, yeah. And you're doing the Only Fools and Horses musical. Uh, we are, yeah. With uh, Paul Whitehouse and Tom Bennett. Yes, that's it. The legend himself, Mr. Paul Whitehouse, and and Tom. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, and it's um, and you're playing Rodney Trotter, right? I am indeed. Yeah, old Dave. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Because it's like, does it feel like that's a part you can kind of really get your teeth into, or does it feel like such a recognisable thing that Nicholas yeah. Lindhurst did that you are then doing Nicholas Lindhurst doing Rodney? Are you able it's to approach it? Yeah, way. good question. It, it, obviously, when it, when I found out that I got it, there was obviously this daunting cloud over the top of me, going, "How the hell am I even going to try and attempt this?" Because what the what what David Sir David Jason did and Nick Lindhurst did and all the rest of them is timeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it really was. That's why people still love it now because of what they did. But, um, I sort of feel like we made a conscious effort of. Sort of lending it myself to Rodney, but also not trying to do a carbon copy of it because even for my own mental state and people watching it, they don't want to watch me do an impersonation for two hours because no, no. it's about sort of giving elements and doing what I think would be best. But the, 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 the joy of it is really is because John Sullivan, everything's on the page, you know, because his writing's so good, he sort of. Um, we can sort of lend ourselves to that. But, I mean, I'm tall and I'm lanky, which helps, you know. <laughs> that, sort of, that sort of a bonus, that sort of allowed me to, to sort of weigh in, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, yeah, try and sort of keep it as close to me as I can. And imagine all three of you have gone through that, because they're such recognisable characters. So you kind of, like, it wasn't like you were going through it by yourself, you know? Sorry, what was that, mate? Sorry, I just lost you there a bit. 
Well, I just imagine it all three, like Paul and Tom Bennett and and, and you, because you're all playing, well, Tom Bennett's playing Del Boy, you're playing Rodney, yeah. and Paul Whitehouse is playing Grandad. So they're all established characters. So I imagine when you were all approaching it, you were all kind of like talking about, you know, how much of it is an impersonation and how much of it yeah. you bring into yourself. Well, exactly. There was always, from. it was great because we, me, Paul and Tom had a week and a half before the whole company um, came together, we had a week and a half with our director, CJ Ranger. We sort of sat down and we worked on those Nelson Mandela house scenes with us. And it was just a family. So we sort of, we had, we tried to sort of build the connection between us before we went into the room. So when we did come to the scenes, we sort of, it was coming from a place of honesty and truth because I mean, London in that time when Only Fools and Horses was set, it was tough, you know what I mean? Like, they were all sort of... No wonder they were sort of wheeling and dealing because it was struggling to make ends meet. And that's when we're all coming from it. Tom and, I mean, Grandad, obviously Paul's an amazing personator, so he sort of lended himself to it a bit more as Grandad. But I feel like for me and Tom especially, it was sort of trying to keep it as... Um, honest to us as we can but also giving the audience what they want because people pay money we can't go on there and come on and do something completely different you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> come on there and do Rodney's it's a scouser I don't, it's like come on there and keep it as giving the audience what they want but also remaining true to what we think is yeah. correct you know? and, it, and it's already a musical yeah which, so, which, which Only Fools and Horses wasn't how do the songs yeah. work? so the songs because obviously the late great John Sullivan when before, when when before he died he'd actually started working on the musical so right. he did already okay. started writing a couple of songs so he he it was his sort of dream and now his son sort of takes it on with Paul and it's it's a weird one you know like it's a musical but it, I I feel like it's more of a play with songs you know um, it's not your typical sort of run-of-the-mill musical, the, the, the songs which obviously Chaz Hodges wrote with Paul, they're very sort of Chaz and Dave's of style. Um, right. It's like if you're going to be down the nags head on a Friday night, someone ends up at the piano and starts singing and it's just a bit of a knees up. And then there's other contrasting beautiful songs which Raquel or Cassandra will sing, but it always comes out of a place of where you can see it coming out of, you know, it sort of, um, right, right. It sort of happens or organically, which... I, I think people are going to be surprised, you know. I feel like it's going to, it's going to, you're going to come and watch it and enjoy it for one, hopefully, but also like the originality of it all. We were saying before, I think on the press release, it said there was like 20 new songs. Is that right? Yeah. 20? Yeah, yeah. So there's, so there's about 20 new numbers. Some of them are short, some of them are longer. But oh, okay. Yeah, so there's, um, I mean, there is a couple in there. There's a couple of Chaz and Dave songs in there, little snippets of that. Um, we've got the opening theme tune, obviously, but a lot of them sort of, yeah, just sort of lend themselves to the characters. And so Dale's got a couple of songs by himself, but most of them are original, yeah, and they're and they're great fun. I mean, just the, the band sound wicked, and it's it, it's a, it is a, a proper. You just want to have a part in your hand, to be honest, and you want to be up dancing for most of it. Have you had any contact with the original cast at all? No, we haven't. And not that, well, I'm speaking for myself here, and I know Tom hasn't. I think there is um, talk that they will possibly be coming to press night. Um, some of them, I'm unsure as to who, but 
I mean, I would love to to meet them, you know, like I'm a massive fan of the show anyway. So even if I could meet them, it would be cracking. But I'm unsure whether or when they're coming. And you're quite young, aren't you? So you would have been very young. Was it just, was it something you still grew up with then? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, 20, I'm 24 now. So when I, it's weird. It, it was always something that seemed to just be on. I don't know what it's like in other people's houses, but I feel like there's not a, one person, especially in England, who hasn't heard of it. Or, oh, yeah, yeah is a fan so it always seemed to be on in the house whether it was mum and dad had it on at Christmas time or because it's always on the, I don't know whether it, cause it's on Dave now isn't it I don't know what it used to be on but um, it's on um, Netflix as well oh yeah it's on it's Netflix, on Netflix. <clears throat> yeah so it was always on I mean I know that my mum and dad when they first started dating they used to watch it on a Sunday it's like a date night so <laughs> it's sort of, sort of instilled in, in me watching it, I might want to say I'm a super fan, but I definitely, definitely, definitely enjoyed watching it growing up. Yeah, and um, did you ever get to meet Chaz Hodges? No, it didn't, unfortunately, no, because I mean, it all sort of happened at the same time, which is when I think Paul started writing it with him and stuff. It's, I mean, it's sad, isn't it? But I never got to meet him. But again, Chaz and Dave, that, that's, it's nice that we're going to be carrying on their legacy in some way as well you know like that that, that feels nice that we can sort of fly the flag for Chaz as well absolutely and the, uh, Jim Sullivan's getting to finish off what his dad started and yeah, uh, yeah. which is the main thing I feel like that's the important the nice thing to remember that it's because I feel like without that I don't feel it would it, it would be happening you know unless John Sullivan wanted it to happen um it would be a weird thing to sort of try and tackle because why else would you want to try and even re reimagine something which is already so amazing? So yeah, if we can carry it on, then hopefully it'd be brilliant. When you when you pitch the only Fool, only fools and horses stage show musical, I mean that does sound odd until you yeah. say that all of the original people started it off and you're basically finishing it off. And I think that that's, that 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 gives it that makes it make sense. That gives it a purpose. I think that's really good. I think it's yeah. it, it sounds no, really interesting. Yeah, I agree. It is. It, it, and do you know what? It's all the, all the little snippets of so. The play in itself is about two hours long, and if you think of the sort of iconic moments, they've done an amazing job, Paul and Jim, of sort of merging all these different theories and worlds together into a storyline which covers a lot of those things which people want to, to see. Because if you come in to watch a theatre and you come in to watch Rainy Falls and Horses, there's certain stuff in there which you would hope is in there, you know, because that's what made you, you love it so much. Right. But, um, but yeah, they're, 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 it covers a lot. It covers a lot in the musical. Do you go to Miami? <laughs> we don't know. We don't. I wish we did. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a bit rude to the audience, I suppose, if halfway through you just all fucked off to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, I can say we are firmly stuck in Peckham. <laughs> and where's it, where's it on at? It's going to be on at which theatre? So it's going to be on the Theatre Royal Haymarket. Um, oh, yeah. And then... So lovely theatre. It's nice and yeah, it fits in there nicely. We're just moving all the sets going in there this week. So opens on the ninth of Feb, um, and then yeah, we crack on and hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with it. Have a like. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. No, any time. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, also, it must be amazing working with Paul Whitehouse. Of course. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. It, it really. I mean. I, I would say it's like um, it is a real masterclass because 
like Arnie Falls, I feel like Paul is like a national treasure as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone just loves the guy. And there was that thing when you meet people who you admire and you think, oh, God, I hope they're fucking nice. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah of course. Nice. And he really is like just the, the most generous man I think I've possibly ever met. I, I mean, in terms of um, in the room as well, he is, yeah. he, he's constantly giving ideas, constantly offering. He's the most enthusiastic Obviously, it's difficult to act opposite him sometimes because he just makes you laugh. Yeah, because he's just making your corpse, or he's putting a funny face or not. But he, um, he, he is a lovely, lovely man. He can yeah, sing yeah, a lot. He, he can sing as well, can he? He can, he can s- sing, and also he plays a lot of instruments. You wouldn't, I, I don't know, but he's a, he's a great musician, which mm. I wasn't aware of until I met this. But he's always he can play guitar well and piano, and he's written quite a lot of the songs which are in this, which. Just another string to his bow, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And tickets are now on sale from OnlyFoolsMusical.com. That's the one. That's Brilliant. the one. All, All right. right. Thanks very much. Thanks nice for joining one, us. Guys. Yeah, good Thank luck. Thank you very much. Break a leg with it. Break a leg. See ya. Right, see ya. Cheers. Bye. bye. Oh, what a nice man. A lovely man. Uh, right, can I play a song now? What do you want? Your one or Young New Mexican Puppeteer? Young New Mexican Puppeteer, please. Okay. Uh... Yeah! Some string and they got some wood And had some carbon and he was good And people came running so they could hear The young New Mexican puppeteer Thanks for popping back On Fubar Radio And he's off He's gone again He's gone again He's just he's, yeah, he's he's smashed the buttons and, and ran yeah. away uh, We're joined in the studio now By uh, Evelyn Mock Whoop whoop How's it, what was it like meeting Tom Jones then briefly? Oh, I was really excited. He walked yeah. in, didn't he? Walked yeah. in, sang a bit of sang the song it. we just played. He touched his hair on his chest. What did it feel like? Like a carpet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yeah, a Welsh carpet. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. It's very exciting. Very, yeah. It is very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that the guy who wrote you guys about having more actors on is disappointed now because uh, yet another Yet another comedian. comedian. Yeah, another, yeah, another comedian. Um, but um, uh, th- we, we don't have... Uh, why Dad's disappointed by this show because uh, we've only... Because uh, uh, we had uh, an actress, uh, Claudie... Claudie Blakely. Claudie Blakely. He thought that was a, that was what was third guest, fourth guest. Thought she was a very good guest, and uh, yes. no one's been good since. No one's been good since. Oh, oh dear. Um, so yeah. So you do have a lot to live up to. I but do. Don't, yeah. don't worry. Don't worry. You get to a point. You get to a point in my dad's eyes where you'll never please him. So you stop trying. <laughs> what's your dad's surname? Um, uh, what's my dad's surname? No, what's his name? His um, surname. Uh, surname as well. Uh, that's a roundabout way of uh, asking who I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, my dad's name is Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hello, Tony. Hello, Tony. Hi, Tony. Uh, Tony. Tony Helm. Um, <laughs> Tony. Tony Magic Helm. Um, so uh, that's his middle name, Magic. So, um, uh, what are you are you up to anything at the moment? <laughs> I'm, uh, are you I'm here to promote anything? Should we get out of the way? Oh my gosh, what should I promote? I'll, I'll be doing a show at the Pleasance. Uh, when? Uh, the 7th of w- February. Is it your show? It's my show, and uh, together with another guy, we're just doing a work in progress. So, really, oh. don't come to that. Don't, don't promote that. I no, thought you meant it's your finished show. No, no, not at all. I don't, I don't like it when people come to work in progress. 
Oh, yeah? At all. But you need them to come as well, don't you? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> the people that come to Work in Progress, uh, I think a lot of the time, uh, think that they're going to go and see the finished show for cheap. Yeah, right. that's true. And you yeah, go, yeah. it's not that. My, my Work in Progress is literally a, a Work in Progress. It's like I've uh, got all of the parts for a, uh, uh, a car off eBay from separate sellers and I'm putting it together in the kitchen and someone's turned up and said where's my car and I go <laughs> it's not ready I, I don't think I've too, even got actually. all the parts it's always do you feel like um, they judge you uh, extra harsh with their eyes you can't I can't look people in the eyes after I've done a work in progress no I feel like I, I feel like you've almost that's what you've signed up for I think you've got no there's no maybe we're being too harsh on the audience me and Nick hmm. no well <laughs> I don't know, I always think like that's all you can, you know, that's what it is. This yeah. is it. I did a yeah, gig last true. night where the audience member, where the main audience member, sat on the front row, it was a small gig, sat on the front row with her back to the stage, <laughs> eating cake. <laughs> did anyone pull her up on it? Um, not not really until until it was, oh, actually, Gr- uh, Grania did, um, uh, Grania Maguire. Uh, it was it was just bizarre because you go you know that there's actual human beings standing <laughs> up yeah, on stage yeah. for your benefit for yeah. your benefit you've you've come out you've chosen mm. you, you weren't eating cake and then a comedy club erupted you went to a comedy club bought some cake and then sat with your back to the audience and ate uh, to, to the stage and ate it yeah I think it sounds like she had a great night though. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> the thing is, I think the highlight of a night was the cake. Yeah. It's a yeah. sad thing. That sounds really nice. But I suppose for everyone, like if that was the choice, yeah. you'd go, actually, do you want to watch this or do you just want to eat some cake? <laughs> I just want to eat some cake. I have some cake. That's nice. I had a nice time. The cake wasn't work in progress. It wasn't just like bits of like doughy mix. Mm. It was probably a finished cake. Yeah. Whereas it I guess it? the... Uh, well, it wasn't work in progress last night. Oh, it was a proper show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to give you that impression. It wasn't work in progress. <laughs> it, was a spe- it, was a sp- it was a special gig that we'd all written special material for. Oh. And th- she didn't pay attention. So what was the special subject? I don't want to go into it much more because <laughs> people will be able to piece together what the gig was. But uh, it, was a, it, was a bu- it, it was a bizarre audience and uh, I found... But I haven't gigged in a year. It was my first one back and I was just like, oh, oh, oh I remember. <laughs> It takes an hour to get there, an hour to get home, and, uh, and oh, yeah. You wouldn't recommend it? I just think that I've got a long year ahead of me of gigging. Mm. I just really, anyway, how do you find gigging? Traumatising. It is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, do you like getting on stage? Are you a natural performer? No, not at all. No, no, no. How did you start? What was your, what was your kind of origin of, where into were you, comedy? Where were you from? Uh, I'm from Sweden, which is, uh, yes, I'm from Sweden, but I look like I'm not from Sweden, and I sound like I'm not from Sweden, but my origin story starts there. I think you've got a bit of a, a sort of a, a Swedish accent. I can I can pick up on something, I That's think. That's the worst thing you could have said to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I think there's something, though. Got, I think there's something. You've got an international accent. Yeah, it's international. I have an international school accent, yeah. I watch TV. Is that what it is? Mm. International school? I don't know what international school is. It's just, uh, it's a bunch of uh, kids who uh, their parents uh, never want to settle down, but they had kids. And so they just uh, move to different countries with their kids in tow. And the kids just change schools and end up 
sounding very American, but non-regionally specific. That makes it seem like, I guess, a regular English voice is American. The accent yeah. is American. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's, the, but I think it's that thing of like the cool accent. What? Like as as an the cool accent. Speaking English in an international sense means that your accent is American. Yeah. Closer to a British accent. <clears throat> well, how'd you how'd you figure that? Well, that's what I mean. If that's what if that's the sort of result of it. If people go to international schools speaking English at international schools, but they come out with a slightly more American version of English. Can, look, this show is about just being a fan of stuff. It's not about forcing your agenda on people, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all know you voted leave. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so international accent, yeah. And, okay. Uh, so you grew up in Sweden, did you? I grew up in Sweden, yeah. And I, did uh, you perform comedy in Sweden? I did, yeah. I started, uh, af- I started after university, which was, uh, I just did a two-year program. Because <laughs> I just wanted to... Um, a two-year uh, comedy program or a two-year... University program. I did. Uh, so the thing is, I wanted to do acting at, at uni, yeah. but I missed all of the deadlines, and I didn't really dare to audition uh, for acting school. So I thought, what's the Why? best? Because auditions are awful. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not a natural performer, as I said, but I want the, I want the attention. <laughs> I just want all of the attention all the time. That's a dangerous mix. Yeah. It's very pleasing now here. That you're that I'm on uh, a radio show and you're looking at me. Oh, good. It's very nice. Good. It's probably maybe I should get into radio. Yeah, yeah. And get the attention. But usually, if you do a radio show by yourself, no one's looking. <gasps> That's true. So you'd have to join. And usually, if you do a radio show uh, with Nathaniel, yeah, I, I know he's going to no say no one's listening. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I sort of. What I do is I take Nick Helms' audience uh-huh. and I minus minus them. Yeah. No, I filter no, them out. I, I didn't mean them that. Out. I didn't mean that. You could have said the same thing with me. I just meant, I just uh, meant that when when you do a radio show by yourself, no one's watching. When you do a radio show with someone else, no one's listening. Yeah. Um, Oh. What's the, what's the, what There's the, always one person listening, isn't there, Nat? Yeah, it's always me. You. Yeah. Aww. Now we're two. I'm listening too. That's right. That's Only because right. it's real time. And me, I listen. And I'm here. Yeah. Uh, don't oh, you yeah. put your hand up, Natalie? Don't you put your hand up? Like all of a sudden you've been fucking listening. Not always. Sometimes you say things, it never comes up. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, hmm. Is that Natalie? That's yeah. Natalie. Oh, hi, Natalie. Uh, you should have met her, actually. She should have answered the door and, and uh, brought you in. That's not true. That's not her job. Um, uh, um, I just wanted to say, um, because I didn't, we didn't say it before, we still have not talked about The Predator. Have you seen <gasps> The Predator? I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Have you seen Predator? I've seen Predator. Have you seen Predator 2? No. Have you seen Predators? No. Oh, my God, so have many. Have you seen Aliens versus Predator? I've, yeah, isn't that the classic one? No? No. Yeah. And have you no, seen Alien vs. Predator Requiem? No. And have oh you gosh. seen uh, the episode of Jim will fix it with <laughs> Gary Glitter on it? I have. Uh, that yeah, you've seen all of the Predators. <laughs> predators, that is. That's there. Um, so, um, uh, da, 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 there's that's a amazing. new Predator in town, and mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Predator. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about the president this week. We, we, that's for the first hour. I did t- t- want to just say that I saw a film on Sunday at the BFI uh, and um, called Gaslight, oh, yeah, which is the saying, 1940 yeah. film uh, uh, called Gaslight, and it's uh, absolutely incredible. Like it was, it was uh, amazing. What what I love so much about it was a lot of the um, camera work was felt really modern mm-hmm. it was kind of like it was 1940 but there's like they talk about like a headline in a newspaper and then all of a sudden the um the camera sort of like speeds up to like the, the newspaper's miles away and then the camera sort of like ramps up really quickly so it's just a headline on the screen so it's almost like a, uh, a smash cut kind of thing yeah sort of but it's almost like a sam raimi type cut um, right or uh, and um and then there's uh, they're also it was all built on sets and you can tell that it's sets and they haven't kind of like disguised the fact that people are clomping around on wooden floors oh. even though it's been, it's like exterior shots that are in london uh and there's kind of like big kind of like stone buildings and stuff, but they're clumping around on these wooden floors. And it's kind of like, it's quaint like that. But the camera work is so ahead of its time. It's kind of like really fluid and kind of like moves around a lot. Um, and there's this amazing shot right at the beginning where uh, they're talking about, um, where it's kind of like, it, it, it starts 20 years ago. And in order to show that, you, it, it, it shows the house that it's all set in. Um, it's, it's a film called Gaslight, which is basically, it's about... Um, a husband who uh, convinces his wife that she's going crazy um, in order to lock her away so that he can kind of get all of uh, the her, money. her money. And that's where the phrase gaslighting comes from, mm. right, where you're telling someone that they're crazy mm. to the point where they start... I think I know the actress in that. She's blonde... No, so there, right. So there was a remake. So you might know that actress, oh. but then four years later there was a remake with Ingrid Bergman in it. Um, and that's the famous one that won all the Oscars. Oh, I see. And so they made this little British film in 1940. And you might know because she was blonde in that. Um, I can't remember any of the details about it. But um, but she was, it, they made the original in 1940. And then um, they because it was a play called Angel Street, um, and um, they bought the rights. They made the they made a film out of it. It was called Gaslight because there's loads of uh, she knows when he's in the next room because the gas that the lights in the house dim because oh, he's yeah. in the because when you switch on another gas light it takes away some of the the oh. gas flow in in the old gas light uh, lights um, and uh, and then four years later they made they did a remake with Ingrid Bergman uh, and they basically bought all of the negatives and all of the copies of the original and destroyed them so that they were like going well we're doing a remake but we don't want anyone to really know about um, the plot or even though it was a play and it was in Broadway and the West End and all this stuff they said we don't really want anyone to know anything about it so what we'll do is we'll buy all of the prints and the negatives of the original we'll destroy them so that that's no longer available wow. and then we'll do a remake and they did the remake and it won loads of Oscars and people say well the remake's not as good as the original and I haven't seen the remake yet but by all accounts the remake is just every bit as good as the original but in different ways in actual fact um, when I watched the uh, original basically they don't make any pretense that the husband is uh, gaslighting the wife so basically you know right from the start that he's fucking up fucking around with her oh mind. okay it's not a mystery it's not a mystery there is a mystery but that's not the mystery and when we came out I th- I, I said um, I wonder if there's a way of doing that film where 
it's a mystery where you think that she's genuinely losing her mind and then the twist is the fact that it's the husband. And apparently that's what the 1944 remake is oh. more like. And you go, oh, right, well, they've already thought of that. But um, there's this amazing shot, which is so... I just thought it was incredible for its time, which is sort of patronising, but you just don't care. It feels like such a modern device where... Because silent movies only just start where they give you all the information in sort of like um, text screens, yeah? yeah? So, the, the, so it's set 20 years ago... Uh, 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 you know, it's 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 set in Edwardian England, uh, Edwardian London, and it's set twenty years in the past of the film, and there's a, a thing that happens that sets up the film, and then the and there's sort of like it's set in Pimlico Square, and there's like this garden, like Albert Square, there's like this garden area in the middle of this square of townhouses, and they show the townhouse, and then they sort of like pan the camera down, and then uh, they show these two workers that are planting a tree. And then the camera fades, uh, the camera does a cross dissolve, a cross fade, and the tree is just a big tree now. Yes. And then they don't like say 20 years later, but they show that these guys planting a tree, and then they show the tree just sort of like 20 years later, that now the tree's really big. Mm. Don't tell, show. That's what they say, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And that's a really good, yeah, it's, it's a really neat really, device. It's, it's really good, and you just, and, and like there's just all sorts of bits like that in the, in the first half of the film specifically. Uh, well, you just go. That's incredible. It, just, it was mind blowing. I just loved it. And um, like from a filmmaking point of view, it was it was great. And then from a story point of view, it was really tense. And it was just just really great. And then from like a historical point of view, it's about this guy that's abusing his wife. And you go in terms of gender politics, this film is so far ahead of its time, like technically and politically, and uh, just uh, uh, and the acting is just incredible. Mm. It's almost like um, it's almost like pantomime acting in some places where he's so evil, and you come out of it and you're so angry with him and he's like almost the most evil character you've ever he doesn't he doesn't go around sort of like uh, blowing stuff up and murdering people and all of this stuff he's just mentally fucking with her mind mm. the whole time and you it's such a stressful film to watch because she's feels like she's losing her mind um and you just think yeah god what a cunt <laughs> it, was, it was so good it was just such a good film anyway i wanted to just say i was meant to say it in the first half and i didn't but um i recommend it to everyone and I, I want to see the remake as well. Do we, are we able to see what the name of the actress was in that film? Can we look up what the original um, cast for the 1940 Gaslight was? Because it's not Ingrid Bergman, is that what you're saying? I do find it's weird that Ingrid Bergman and Ingmar Bergman... Aren't related? Well, they're not related, and also it's kind of like... It, you, you go, oh, so what, she directed The Seventh Seal? And you go, no, 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 different. That's, that's a different guy. There's a documentary about him coming out. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I could, I could live at the BFI. Oh yeah, I love it. Do you have some kind of membership there? I do have a membership card. Mm -hmm. You've got to pay for that. Anyone can do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't get special treatment. <laughs> you should though. I should do. Yeah. I should do. What's that uh, though? That you're. Uh, got a question here. We haven't really dug into anything, but um, I'll just ask you a quick question from the. Um, this is from the. Uh, Ridley's Game Room Movie Buff. This is an, I think this is a very relaxed episode. I think both me and Nathaniel admittedly are very tired hmm. for some reason. It's probably because we were up all night fucking. <laughs> Each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Anton Walbrook <laughs> played 1940 Gaslight. Uh, Paul Mallon is the name of the bad guy, right? And Not Bella, a great surname. Bella Mallon. And all the way through it, they keep saying Mallon. And you keep saying, are you saying Mellon? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's one of the things. Uh, Diana Winard, Winyard. Winyard. As uh, Bella Mallon. 
It's not the actress I was thinking about because I heard I was listening to this documentary about the woman who sort of pre she sort of uh, set the ideal for the kind of blonde ditzy archetype oh, in right. Hollywood. So it was pre Marilyn Monroe and like Marilyn Monroe almost based her image off of this actress. Um maybe like Mae West or someone like that, maybe? No, it was Kim something, I believe. Oh. This is not contributing in any way. Jane Mansfield? <laughs> Jane Mansfield was after Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I think Jane was Mansfield after. was very much the Anna Nicole Smith, the Marilyn Monroe's Pamela Anderson, <laughs> I felt. Yes. Um, uh, who else would it be? What did you say, Rita Hayworth? No, I didn't. Who was the who was the who was the who was the woman who had the long hair? Oh yeah, that was uh, basically was it Veronica Lake. Veronica Lake. Oh no, it wasn't her. Oh. Sorry, Veronica Lake <laughs> was. Uh, she's basically got the Jessica Rabbit hair. Oh yeah, but it's not. It's not red. It's blonde. <laughs> so, but that's, that's what they did. Basically, too. Veronica <laughs> Lake's hair is basically. Is, well, Jessica Rabbit's hair yes. is basically exactly yeah. based on Veronica Lake's hair. Uh, anyway, we've got the um, the Ridley's games room. Hang on a minute. So, what are you talking about? You watched a documentary that was saying about the precursor to Marilyn Monroe. I listened to a documentary on the radio, on the Swedish radio. It was, it's, a, uh, it's a Swedish radio program about style. Uh, and so they decided to talk about like female comedians. Uh, and she was one of the first in Hollywood um, that sort of set, kind of like, that was a funny lady and was successful at it. Okay. Uh, but then she, she, she died because she, um, she, so they made her, she had blonde, she didn't have blonde hair originally. She died of peroxide poisoning. Yeah. Something like that because they, they would, um, uh, make, what is it? I mean, this should be really easy to Google. Okay. Okay. Um, Uh, and she got headaches and stuff and then she died. Oh, what a tragic. That's awful. Yeah, yeah, she was like 30-something. I mean, Natalie is now sort of like discussing which words she should put into the Google <laughs> Googleator to find out who this person is. I couldn't. My phone is in there, so I could get my phone. I look it up. Who? What? Yes, Jean Harlow. Jean Harlow. Yeah. Jean, Jean Harlow. Harlow. Jean Harlow. There we go. Not yeah. Kim. Sorry. That was a bit of a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Jean Harlow. Oh, great. Jean Harlow, yeah. Right. So it was quite a tragic uh, end to her Can her we get a picture career. of Jean Harlow up? Um, just for, Just for us. How old was she? Yeah, just give us some Jean Harlow facts. Is it J-E-A-N or is it G-E-N-E? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's how my mum spells her name. Uh, not how my mum spells her name, how her name was spelt for her, <laughs> and she's just adopted that spelling. Uh, she d- hasn't thought out of the box at all with it. Are you a good, are you a big movie fan? <coughs> Me? Hmm. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen the classics, I will say. I'm really, I, I like films, but I, I'm not a very sophisticated I don't have a very sophisticated taste. That's all right. Let's find out how much you know about films with some movie trivia. Okay. Uh, you've got to beat uh, Daniel Cook with one. <gasps> one. Cookie. Uh, Jordan Brooks got quite a few, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he got most of them, I think. So smart. Who though. plays uh, Kristen? Is it Kristen or Kirsten? Stewart. Kristen Stewart, is it? Who plays Kristen Stewart's mother in the 2002 movie Panic Room? 
have no idea. Oh, is it A, Jennifer Aniston, B, Angelina Jolie, C, Meryl Streep, or D, Jodie Foster? I mean, it feels like it's Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it's Jodie. Feels like it. What made you feel it was Jodie Foster? Because I think Meryl Streep is too big to be in a film called Panic Room with Chris, Kristen Stewart at that time because Kristen Stewart was not that popular or not her fame wasn't that big at that time. Good. And like now. Gen- yeah. And Good, Jennifer Aniston, it sounds like a serious film and Jennifer Aniston doesn't really do those. Well, not back then. And Angelina Jolie was married to, or she was busy being like a humanitarian. I think Angelina Jolie back then was still with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, was she? Yeah. Maybe. Billy Bob Thornton is frightened of antiques. That's my favourite thing. He doesn't like anything old. Does he? He's terrified. It's haunted. Yeah, something. I don't get get his cock out. Amazing. (laughs) How does he get his cock out and go for a piss? Tweezers. (laughs) But modern tweezers. Like he gets like a a pair of tongs. He just uh, aims and... My cock is possibly, positively antiquated. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays the junior member of staff in The Devil Wears Prada? Uh, is, oh, get going, it's, it's uh, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Yes. Get extra points for not needing the... Uh, Billy Bob Thornton has a fear of antique furniture. Oh. Okay. So... Probably doesn't have a problem with his own genitals. Who stars... uh, Imagine getting on Antiques Roadshow saying... uh, (laughs) How much is that worth? (laughs) What what, what did you give me for that? Uh, (laughs) How much shall I insure this for? (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, it's got very laddish. Who stars... Tom Jones should do that. Yeah, he should. I mean, his is antique. Yeah. Absolutely. And valuable, I would think. I think so, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's probably, I imagine... Uh, Don't get many of them for the pound. <laughs> <laughs> for the pound, to the pound, to the pound. Have to you the guys pound. spoken about his marriage? That's really weird. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. His wife is very sad, I think. Oh, I thought he, they had a long-standing marriage. Oh, but it, she was always um, yeah. playing away, was he? He was always away, yeah. And she just kind of became like a, a hermit in oh. her uh, Los Angeles house. Oh, that is sad. It's very sad. I think she died. Is she alive? I think she may have died. I think she died. Yeah, yeah. yeah she died. Mm. Oh. It's tragic. It is. Oh, well, that too will be true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Billy Bob Thornton uh, has uh, an irrational fear, I would say, of Kimodo dragons. <laughs> and apparently, Megan Fox hates paper. Oh, oh my god, think of the state of her ass. Does she get jealous? <laughs> hell. <laughs> Oh. Megan Fox. Matthew McConaughey is scared of revolving doors. No, they're not. These are just things that people say. How does Megan Fox read a script? Okay, we've all got iPads, I suppose. But, like, fucking hell. Ma- Matthew McConaughey does not have an irrational fear of uh, revolving doors. He's just, like, a little bit, like, edgy when he gets near him because he yeah. doesn't, he's, he's a bit worried a bit like that he might get up. trapped. Mm. It's like it's not scared. It's just something that people say to make them feel interesting. I'm scared of herpes. Is this McConaughey hasn't worn deodorant in 20 years? Oh, really? Oh, I don't think he needs it though, does he? But you know what? I guess if you're showering every day and yeah. washing, you're probably all right for and a bit, yeah. <laughs> but I reckon he must. There must be times when you're a bit like, no, come on. <laughs> When Rintin Tin died at the age of 16, she went over to the house and cradled the dog's head in her lap as he passed away. Is that Jean Harlow? Or oh, Matthew Jean McConaughey? Harlow. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought that was Nicole Kidman. Sorry, this, these are two different bits, right. Um, you're scared of herpes? 
Yeah. What's wrong with them? Um, I, I just don't. I think I don't want them. I feel like um, it would just be a lifelong um, hassle to deal with. Isn't herpes just cold sores? It is, yes, and we all apparently have it. But we need. But then something needs to trigger it, and usually oh. that's somebody else's. Well, they say, don't they? Because it was always the kissing disease. So is it someone yeah. else's got the 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 combining thing? Yeah, something like that. That makes you because you're colder. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Whenever I get a KFC, I get a side of uh, Carsley. <laughs> Who's <laughs> fucking yes. tenuous? Uh, who starts? Mm. Who starts in two thousand? Whenever I get a KFC, um, uh, what? Maybe once a year, I would say. And it's a, <laughs> and it's always a lonely one. Do you live near one? Uh, no, but everyone lives near one now that they're on Deliveroo or yeah, whatever that's it's true. on. That's I think true. it's on Just Eat, Deliveroo, and probably Uber Eats. Oh. <laughs> God, I said this on stage today. What's the most you've ever spent at McDonald's by yourself? Oh, I've done, I've gone to two McDonald's in one night. I remember on a low point, I went to, I was, I was meeting me and me and my girlfriend at the time were on our way to have a Sunday lunch with her family. And on the way, we stopped in the McDonald's and had a McDonald's on our way to lunch. Oh, my God. That is low. Oh, my God. Knowing you were going to eat. Yeah, just really, really hungry. It was probably only a quick cheeseburger. Not like, okay. a, not like a meal, but still. I only remember that the other day. Why did you go to two McDonald's in one night? Well, it's a separate one so that they didn't shame you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what was that? I went to one in, in the town, in in London town, and then I got on the bus, and then I was like, I kind of want some more. And then I got off at uh, an earlier stop than my house and went and got more. I don't think that's that bad. That's not that no. bad. No, no and also you're walking as well. You did a bit that's of walking. Right. did a bit of walking. Yeah. I did, I did a delivery. I was very low, and I didn't want to leave the house, and I delivered a McDonald's. Um, I spent more money than I thought was possible. To spend. It was th- it was thirty pounds. <gasps> what on a solo McDonald's? That's a lot of McDonald's. What did you get, Nick? Well, I think I probably really wanted some. Uh, I say what I think I probably I can't remember, uh, but and I don't really like Big Macs. But I think every so often you go, I bet a Big Mac would be quite nice, and then you have one and you go. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, it's never as nice as just getting a ninety-nine uh, p cheeseburger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that that oh god, I don't yeah. like McDonald's. I, I, I don't like. We were talking about supersized me last week, weren't mm. we? I don't really like McDonald's, but every so often you do get kind of like a. I'm not really into like burgers or, or you know when we were doing, uh, when we were doing when I was doing eat your heart out, and sure or someone. Yeah. Which you were on, yeah, and it was just like. And remember, we went to that place and the lovely roastery roast. What was it? Called? It was called roast, wasn't it? Yeah, and I had a roast dinner burger. Oh yes, yeah. And what did you have? I think I have a the duck or something. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was nice there. It was really. The guy nice. was really nice as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave us wine, wine for days, didn't they? Yeah, and then, and then. Because we'd eaten, we went to the pub for lunch because um, we'd already had, we'd already eaten. You have to break for lunch. When we were doing that, 
people were like, oh, that's nice. You get to eat burgers every day, do you? And I was just like, why does everyone assume that I would like burgers? <laughs> I don't like burgers. But every so often I fancy McDonald's. So I reckon, I, I, I reckon I, what I would have done is I've got a cheeseburger meal. Yeah, but that's going to be £4, isn't it? Yes. This is what's awful about it. How do you spend £30 That's what I can't figure out. I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. You must have gotten, like, so many nuggets. Nuggets, what, probably. What would you have got, like, 20 nuggets? Oh, they do have that box of 20 nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, like, £5, I think. I would have got, a, I think I definitely got, like, a chicken salad. <laughs> well, that's good healthy, isn't it? That's so it's a go, part, isn't it? Yeah. I got yeah. a donut. A donut? I forgot about the sweets. I got mm. an apple pie. Wow. I got another. Like, this was years ago, right? But I got, a, but not so long ago that it wasn't on Deliveroo. Um, and I got a uh, chocolate uh, donut. Cho- no, milkshake? a chocolate milkshake and maybe a strawberry milkshake. Two milkshakes. And then, um, what else would you've got? A chicken burger, maybe, or a chicken um, cheese wrap. melts. A chicken wrap. The cheese melts, what, the jalapeno cheese melts? Oh, they, it, yeah, they do. Well, they do mozzarella ones now, which is just fried cheese, basically. And I it's just, amazing. I was, yeah, but I mean... Did you eat it all, though? I know we're not supposed to like it, but I do like it. <laughs> Whenever I go to McDonald's, I go, oh, this is lovely. I don't have that thing where I like feel like, oh, it's really horrible. I always go, this is nice. Do you know what I prefer to McDonald's? Go on. Those microwavable rustlers. Oh dear. Burgers. Oh. I don't know if I can have them. Oh my God. I've never had one. I had a double one once and it made me feel sick. Oh. No. What? Like Mer- Morgan Spurlock? Yeah, I was like Mer- Morgan Spurlock. Um, I, uh, my friend has a great story uh, where when he was at school, he went camping with his friends. Uh, uh, like the, the teacher took him out. And every day they were staying in this campsite, but they could they knew that like within sort of 10 minutes walk of this campsite was a McDonald's. <laughs> and so every day when they were camping on this school trip, they were going, sir, can we go to McDonald's? And the teacher was going, no, 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 that's not the idea of this. We're, we're camping, so you can't go to McDonald's. And every day they'd go, but sir, can we go tonight? And he'd be like, no, of course, that's not the point of camping. We've got to make our own food. Then at the day, And as a special treat on the last day, the teacher said, for a special treat, it's your last night, we're all going to go to mcdonald's and it's going to be a special treat for me because i've never been <gasps> so they all went to decamp to mcdonald's and they all went up and they all started ordering their burgers and things and when it was the teacher's turn to get it he didn't know what he was ordering of course and just went to the counter and said hello could i have a mcdonald's please <laughs> 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 and that is one of my favorite stories <laughs> He just thought it was a thing called a McDonald's for you order. I'd like a McDonald's, please. That's nice, actually. It is, it's a sweet it's story. Like, give me the works. Yeah. And I think that's what you did. Can I, I have a McDonald's, please? Now, yeah, it's £30 for all that. I just, I just want to say that, that I think that in my life it is the worst thing I've ever done, which is spend £30 in a McDonald's. I still can't get my head around it. I can't get my head around it. I was very low. It's very impressive. Mm. I didn't. I didn't eat it all in one go. Because if I get a McDonald's, it's always like four eighty nine or something, <laughs> and you go sure, sure. I mean that's the that's yeah. the reason. Ninety nine p. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's cheap. One pound ninety eight for two cheeseburgers. Bloody hell. Yeah. The <laughs> idea that there's thirty of those. So that's fifteen. No, 
that's 30 cheeseburgers the equivalent of you must have been like donald trump in that picture <laughs> i had th- yeah i was feeding an nfl team <laughs> was it nfl it was uh i remember i went to egypt with uh, uh i went me and my me and my ex-girlfriend went to egypt together we went to Sharm El Sheikh, and it was just after some terrorist activities, so we got really cheap tickets, and I went away for a week. Have I told you this before? No. And uh, we were in this hotel, and... Uh, we You'd were... already booked it, though. You didn't go because it was cheap, because it was... Or was that where you went? So no, you got... we went to... It was just after Edinburgh, and, uh, okay. and we went, and it was really cheap. Uh, we couldn't quite work out why it was so cheap, and then it was like, oh, right, it's because of this, but we've booked it now. And um, when we got there, you couldn't visit any of the things. You couldn't visit the Sphinxes or the pyramids or, oh, no. or Moses Mount or anything. It was because everything was shut down because of the terrorism. So, um, so we were trapped in this. Um, what do you call it? Um, it? It was meant to be like a five-star hotel. It wasn't five-star, uh, and uh, it was uh, full board, so that all of oh, the yeah. meals were there. And we were eating these and. A, very quickly, uh, we both got severe p- food poisoning. Oh, right? God. And we were basically, uh, this is a good way of getting to know your partner very quickly, was uh, <laughs> go on holiday with them with a single toilet <laughs> in a hotel room and you both get food poisoning. And basically, uh, you're both uh, tag teaming each other. <laughs> It's just, it was awful. And you're also, you're really ill. So no. you're basically, you're Catherine Wheeling all day. Uh, you're mm. being sick and shitting. And there's probably not much sort of soundproofing in those. Uh, oh. I, this is imagine. like, this is just awful. It was, for me, it was just, it was, it was, I, to be fair, I don't think she got food poisoning until quite late on. And you were eating these weird kind of things and you go, oh, I've never eaten sort of Egyptian food before. And it, this must be like a local delicacy. It was kind of like this weird kind of like, um, uh, this weird sort of like thing. It was like this sauce. It was like this white gelatinous kind of chickeny kind of. Uh, uh, it was like blancmange, and I was sort of like gave that a try. And it was only later on that I realised it was there. It was the hotel's version of what they thought uh, cream of chicken soup was. And you go, oh, oh god, no. oh god! Oh. It was a terrible. And we were there. So it's like they just heard the names of other foods and go, yeah. oh, what'd that be like? It was, I'd imagine it's probably like this, it, right? We, I didn't realise I was eating at kind of like I, I'm. I'm very adventurous when it comes to food, and I didn't realise that I was eating at basically their their the Western buffet. Mm. You know, and I was like, oh right, this is this is okay. And anyway, so I was really ill, and the food was inedible at this hotel, and uh, we were sort of trapped there, and we didn't know what to do. We could go for walks, and it would just be kind of like just miles of beach, and you know, you'd go like, and every time we went out to eat, it was kind of like there was some problem with the food, and it was just like, and it was just, it was like miserable. We were there for like um, a week, and uh, we didn't have one good meal, and we were sort of like trapped in this kind of. Um, uh, this five-star paradise, but it wasn't. It was it was, it was terrible. And then, uh, and then we went around the corner one day, and uh, there was a McDonald's and a Hard Rock Cafe, you saw the golden and, and there was like a KFC and a Chinese <laughs> takeaway. If it was the Simpsons, they'd also have a Shake Shack, but Shake could be spelt. S H E K. Yeah, so sure. On the yeah, very good. But my point was that <laughs> we were there for a week, and we were just, it was impossible. And then, like on the last day, we turned a corner, and it was kind of like, oh, 
We just didn't go that direction. Oh, no. It was like 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> it was like anything that you could possibly, you know. I'm not into junk food, but at that point we were just like, oh, God, can we just have something that is, like, edible? Oof. Egypt. I tell you what, with all that food poisoning, no wonder the Sphinx doesn't have a nose. Am I right, guys? <laughs> I'm not sure. What are you? What are you a fan of? I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a. What am I a fan of? I do like food in general. I really like food. Do you like all kinds of food? So you do like junk food as well. You've got like you're not you're not a connoisseur, or are you also a a kind of? Oh, I'm a I'm a gourmet. I'm a. (laughs) I do no. I think I like all. I appreciate the food and the context it comes in. So you kind of have to do that. I think. What's the worst thing you've ever done in terms of food? Oh well, every day, just <laughs> eating after I'm supposed to. I think food. Sometimes when you eat bad food, it's almost as if you want to punish yourself. So yeah. I do that a lot. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's tough with gigs and things, though, right? Yeah. Because it's either too early or it's sort of too late. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, when me and Trent went on tour, there was like, you could always have a, a, a curry. You could always yeah. have an Indian, but like five days of that, you're kind of like, you especially, can't be doing this. especially sharing a car with David <laughs> You're kind of like to the point where it's just like, I can't eat any more curry. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. But, um, uh, yeah, with gig- and also it's famous for like uh, uh, roads. Uh, what do you call them? Um, you know, when you're driving and you go past uh, services, service stations. Mm. Yeah, so you're always eating kind of like badly out of. Yeah, you know. yeah. Although mm. I find that I always go to Marks and Spencers and get kind of like. Do you know what I don't? Because I can't do that thing. Because I know when there's the option of something like a KFC or something, I go. Well, I could get something from. I could get a salad. But that's right there. Yeah. I don't like... If that was my only option, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'll get a sandwich from M&S in a train station or something. But, like, when I know there's something, like, there that I could just throw a stone and hit a KFC, it just feels mad to me not to have it. Yeah. It's, like, like insane. It is. It's this... Pre- I just want to be myself. Mm. Just let me be... You're just pretending to be someone that wouldn't have a KFC Exactly, and I'm never satisfied. And then after I get dropped off, I still go and get like a late night chicken or something. I find with gigs or something, if I eat at five, which is about as early as you probably can, before like without being bloated or something before you took it then then it's pointless because by the time the gig finishes it's like hungry now yeah hungry now so it's pointless trying to eat early i get too nervous to eat before gigs so yeah I end up, yeah oh yeah, well again i mean i did the, i did a tight it was a small gig last night and i was really nervous but it was also like new it was sort of it wasn't like a new material night but it was like a night where you're talking about issues and so it was kind of like you're very vulnerable on stage mm. and I, oh, I was really nervous but yeah I'm always nervous I'm not a natural performer mm. I get terrified are you not? no I'm like you really? I'm like the way that you've described yourself I'm not like saying that I don't think you're a natural performer <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am I don't think it comes naturally to me at all but then I don't know I think it's just sort of forcing yourself isn't it, to do something yeah to be honest to do something you don't like <laughs> We're very laid back in this episode. We are. Is this all right? Yeah. I, think, I feel like this I, is the sort of episode perfect. that you put on if you need to go to sleep. Yeah. Well, good, because I do. Um, 
<laughs> so it's really uh it's really handy for me um, i'm really glad to be the guest in this episode good good um kylie minogue is afraid of coat hangers uh, why is it oh I, no i'm not gonna do that joke <laughs> I can imagine what it may have been. Megan Fox says that sometimes she has to have a cup of water nearby so she can thoroughly wet her finger before turning a page if she's doing a lot of reading at once. Because she's afraid of paper. Is that because so she's, she's rather touching pa- wet fingers? What a wit. She, she's afraid of paper or she's afraid of her own spit? That's not... That, oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, Megan Fox, come on. Are these cameras on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is being beamed by satellite. Normally, normally, me and Nathaniel, uh, they use a little clip of oh, the yeah. show in the week to <laughs> yes, sort of like demonstrate, do. oh, this is this, how much oh, fun. fun. <laughs> what a fun show. But I really am struggling to think what they're going to use this week. Yeah. Um, not because of you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're well, a fan of you're a fan of staying in bed for as long as I can because I'm uh-huh. lazy. Uh huh. Is yeah. this an early day for you? Is this a? It is. Yeah. This is you're out of bed it's, at too why, soon. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of I'm a bit. Oh. Uh, cutting but, cutting your own hair because it saves you money, even though it makes you sound and look, I imagine, like a crazy person. I just cut my own hair this week. That's great. Thank yeah, you. I right. used to cut my own hair. Yeah? Yeah. You see, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, sometimes I've got to find a, like a press photo, uh, you know, like a photo. And so you Google it, uh, Google images and you go, and there's so many photos where you just go, yeah, cut my own hair on that one. <laughs> cut my own hair on that I've one. never done it. I'd be too frightened. I think I'd make a mess it's, of it. I know you're meant to cut in a weird diagonal way, aren't you? Yeah, you're supposed to. Um, it's easier than you think. And you're just okay. supposed to you just, just do take it. a little at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd I would my just hair cut I'd by get a little bit like that. And I would twist it, and then I would twist it, yeah. and I would cut it, oh. so that it would be all like uh, layered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? If you cut it like that, and you go like that, you've got like a straight line. Yeah. But if you twist it round and round and round like that, then it's all kind of like spiraled, and it all kind of still looks a little I bit natural. I get my hair cut by um, a Greek Cypriot man who is probably in his eighties. Who, uh, like all hairdressers, is a terrible advert for hairdressers because always have like comb overs or terrible haircuts. Uh, but he, he's a really nice man, and he he touches my head when he washes my hair, and I like it. It's very it's pleasurable. Really, really nice. I really like. Your head and he also washed. he also gives me a sweet at the oh, end. Does he? Yeah, he gives me a little boiled sweet. Didn't we talk about this the other week? I maybe we did. Yeah. I really love having my head touched. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, people do the kind of oh, it's nice. You don't it? get the same sensation when you do it on your own. No, no but if you yeah. ever had one of them kind of like uh, that head freaks me out though. Head, <laughs> the, the, it's a hand. You get have a handle and it's got these kind of like claws on it, yeah. and you put it. On that, and then you do that, and it basically it's like having someone run their fingers through your head. Oh, is it like when someone pretends there's an egg on your head and splats it? I don't know. No, don't know it's what more is. like you know when someone goes, "Oh, I've got an egg," uh, and they just do that thing where they don't know what that is. Okay, <laughs> it's called Sorry. a scalp massager. Okay. Oh my god! Right, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. A scalp massager. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Weird. Okay. Um, I mean, put, do that as a clip. That's pretty good. Uh, you're a ho- just do that bit. Fan of hotel baths always make me feel fancy, and I try to not think of all the previous guests who've been there. Yeah, who've uh, menstruated in that tub. Do you like? <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have a bath at home, though, or do you only have a shower? I don't have a bath at home. Uh, Yeah, I only shower at home. But if it's in a hotel, you want... Because it's there. I save it for the hotel. But that's another sort of food thing, because if I'm in a hotel... If I'm in a B&B and I know breakfast is included, I will set an alarm... Yeah, and get up and and have it. And, like, sort of come down to this shambles where I just look like I've got, like, hair across my face or something to eat food and then maybe go back to bed afterwards. Yeah. Because I cannot resist the idea of not having a breakfast. It's, it's in the... Can you not face away from the camera, Evelyn? Face away? Yeah, there's a camera there. No, not face, not face away. <laughs> face so, away from the camera. Can you not face away from the camera? Okay. I think it's... I'm facing it now. Does it's this feel it. more natural? I mean, are you going to use this clip where we're talking about bus? <laughs> because, um, because I just want to say, is there some place where you've logged every single show that we've ever done where all of the footage exists? Wow. I mean, you haven't pressed the button. I don't know what that was. Is it personal? Is it a yes. personal archive? Okay. Wow. So it could be like movies every week, movie length. God, wow. feature length videos of the actual <laughs> podcast, like uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Does he have that? Yeah, I, I watch the Joe Rogan show on YouTube. Mm. Uh, not always. You, mm, that's our fan mail. Do you want to open, oh, open, open it? Can I open it? Yeah, you yeah. can open it, of course. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited. We've got something sent to us this week. We're seeing what it is. We don't know what it is. <gasps> Milky, Milky bar, bar buttons. Milky bar Lovely. buttons. Oh, there's a message here. Oh. Do you want to read it? Should I read it? Uh, who are they for? Matt and Nick. Mint oh. M&M's. Mint M&M's. Mint M&M's. Nat wasn't going to leave you out. Magic buttons, which became calorie-free after a run. Besides which, Nick has a sharing pack of uh, mint M&M's, and we both know he's not going to share them. Oh. From Kay. And then, (laughs) Nick, aren't you lucky I'm a compassionate and forgiving human being? You're forgiven. Let's make an effort and forget it, but don't. I don't know. Uh, I think this is because I called Karen a cunt two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how get, that's how you get fans. Uh, let's move on and forget it, but don't do it again. Yeah, sorry for calling you a cunt, Karen, and thanks for the mint M&Ms. <laughs> um, oh, it's time for the game. Yes, let's this play a game. This has been such a weird episode. I've quite liked it. Oh, we, f- we never touched on John Mayer, who's my favourite. But let's play the game. <laughs> Okay, let's see how much time we go at the end. No, Who's John Mayer? He's a musician. Right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's the game. So you have to say whether the next person is better or worse than the person before. Oh, gosh. Beginning with John C. Riley. You got him in your head? Yeah. Is he better or worse than Bill Murray? <gasps> oh, my gosh. I mean, he's worse than Bill Murray. Because he is worse. John he is. C. Don't Riley. have to say why. John but C. Riley great. is worse than Bill Murray? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Bill Murray is the almighty. Is Kate Blanchett better or worse than Bill Murray? <gasps> worse. 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 She is worse. Is Heather Graham better or worse than Kate Blanchett? Oh, worse. Oh, I do like He's Heather Graham. I do, though. I do. She's naked in a lot of things. Is Mark oh. Wahlberg <laughs> better or worse than Heather Graham? <laughs> oh, Mark Wahlberg's the worse. Worse, worse, worse. He worse, is yeah. the worst. He's the worst. He is. Is Julianne Moore better or worse than Mark Wahlberg? Oh, she's better. Much better. Much, much, better. much better. Oh, you've seen Boogie Nights. I have, yeah. I watched Boogie Nights the other day. Tom Hanks. Is Tom, ha- Tom Hanks better or worse than Julianne oh. Moore? Best. Tom Hanks is the best. I mean, I like, I like Julianne sure. Moore. Sure. I'm going to say worse than Julianne Moore. Nah, he's better. He's better. Tom Hanks is the best. <laughs> is Meg Ryan better or worse than Tom Hanks? Oh, I think she's better. 
Um, just, just from her. Sure? Do you think Meg yeah. Ryan is better than Tom Hanks? I mean, have you seen her in Harry Met Sally and Seattle? And, I mean, she uh, and uh, yeah. Go on, name one more. You've got mail. No, <laughs> you've got mail. Don't count. That's a she terrible is, film. She is worse. She is worse. She's is Daniel worse. Day Lewis better or worse than Meg Ryan? Oh, oh better. 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 Yeah, he's better. And is Philip Seymour Hoffman better or worse than Daniel Day Lewis? He's dead. Yeah. So he's worse. He is worse. I don't like him as much. He is worse. Um, I like him. <laughs> He's not as good. It's a high card. High card. Nine. Yeah, eight. 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 That's a good eight. score. Wow. You join Claudie Blakely, Jordan Brooks, <gasps> Suze Kempner, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Shorrix. That's four each. Uh, Mark <laughs> Smith and Carthiabold uh, with the eight in the eight in the eight club. Uh, he didn't get as many as Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Michael Legg and Solomon Gray or John Niven and Sean Harris with ten each. Yes, wow. Daniel Cook and that, that group were nine. You're eight. Um, and uh, you got more though than Hayley Campbell, Brett Goldstein, Charlie Higson, Matthew Holness, Ian Smith, Josh Whittaker on seven, John Quinn and Self in Crime, Colin Holt, Andy Kindler, Merritt Larwood, Lucy Porter, Richard Stanley, Mark Simmons, David Trent on six, Yasmin Akram, Rob Deering on five, Jack Perry and Bunny Galore on four and fucking... <laughs> With three points, Sam Ashurst. Oh. Unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. I'm so glad that I can beat David Trent. What were you going to say about um, uh, your, your, your crush? John Mayer. Yeah. I want to see his penis. Who there doesn't? Who doesn't? don't know who he is. Uh, can we get a picture of John Mayer up? His penis. Is um, a picture, of his, picture penis? of his penis? Uh, um, one more question before we go. Uh-huh. Uh, who stars in the 2014 <laughs> movie American Sniper? Uh, Bradley Cooper. You do yes. know this. All right, all right we've, got, we've got some more time. What role does Orlando Bloom play in Troy? Oh, he plays Prince uh, Paris. Oh, my God. I mean, you're fucking good at this. Yeah, this is fun. Um, I'm not going to get this one What now. sorts of shop does Meg Ryan own in You've Got Mail? Oh, a bookshop. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, who stars with Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge? Oh, uh, the guy, what's his name? The Irish guy, uh, Ewan McGregor. I mean, the Scottish guy he is. Wow. How is actor <laughs> Liam Neeson, uh, no, sorry, how is actor Liam Hemsworth related to Chris Hemsworth? Brother. I mean, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle ends in which city? Oh, in New York. Uh, who started <laughs> off with Dustin Hoffman and Graham versus Kramer? Oh, Meryl Streep. Um, oh, my God. Blythe Danner is the mo- mother of which famous movie actress? Blythe Danner. Oh, yeah, this is Oh, the I one. don't know that. Oh, do you want to... Uh, is it oh, A, Liv Tyler, B, Kate Hasden, C, Anne Hathaway, D, Gwyneth Paltrow? Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yes. fuck. Helen Mirren is so scared of phones, she tries not to answer calls and refuses to return them. <laughs> I mean, that's just being antisocial, isn't it? That's just being a that's little bit... Unprofessional. What Scottish historical figure does Mel Gibson play in Braveheart? Oh, the, I don't Clues know. in the name. It's Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. Oh, his name's Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, his name is Braveheart. A bit hurried um, at the end, don't we? That's what happens in this show. A bit hurried. Uh, so, so, today I would say it was a three-star start and a <laughs> five-star close. Um, right. Thank you very uh, much for coming thanks, in, thanks Evelyn. For coming, Evelyn. Thanks for having me. I feel me. like that last hour just flew by. Absolutely. The whole show flew by today. Um, are we gonna fin- What's your favourite song? Oh, we're going to end on your favourite song, Evelyn. <gasps> Slater Kinney. Nah, not really. No. Yes. Well, I so, like this uh, one. What's your favourite? I like that song too. Uh, right, hey. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.